Welcome to Fix with the Professor and the podcast by Real Statistics Professor. And the Marty McFly to his Doc Brown, Jake. Yeah, I like that one. I like that one. It gives you sports betting tips. I'm Professor Sides. You can follow me and find all my picks on Twitter at Professor Sides. You can follow my friend Jake on Twitter at my friend underscore Jake. Today is Wednesday, February 23rd, 2022. And this episode covers today's best college basketball bets. In case you're new here, I built a mathematical model that predicts what the spread and total should be for every division in college basketball game. That information, along with a graded A, B, or C pick for each of today's games not covered in this episode, is available in the Google Sheet link in the show's description. A picks are the ones I love, B picks are the ones I like, and C picks are the leans. However, please remember that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to say the model will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Jake, yesterday, the uh, overall model, 14, 13, and 1 break even. So we're still up 7 units for all model picks. On the week, Jake, what's the one thing we should know before we start into today's episode? Man, depth is becoming a big issue. Like it always is this time of year. I mean, look, look at Villanova, only one guy scoring off the bench, and I think it was eight points, and then they end up losing. Um, you had like Oklahoma had absolutely zero help and got drilled by Texas Tech. Um, Florida had no help and gets and loses a tight one to Arkansas, who had a guy step up off the bench and get 19. And a couple other guys score. Alabama the same way, and Vanderbilt bringing Quinterly off the bench and getting 19, where Vandy had no no help on the bench. So that's something to keep your eye on. Before, like as we go on, like these teams that don't have any bench help, it makes it real real thin margin of error for them going through yeah. these games. Yeah, that Villanova, uh, you know, they lost. Of course, we we took two and pushed. That was one of the dumber endings we've seen in a while um you know villanova up four with 30 seconds to go and then somehow falls behind a point with six seconds to go and and you're thinking at that point you know we were all all, you know you me and cousin jared were all texting and we're thinking they're down one there's six seconds left the second seconds left the only way we don't win this play is nova has to go down and miss and miss quickly and then foul, and, and you know, <laughs> going through all that, we're like, there's just not enough time left. And then the charge yeah. happens, and, 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 and none call. of that was say what that was a bad call. That was he, well, mm. it, that one was at least questionable, and it happens really fast. So I'll give the ref a pass for that one. But what I'm not going to give a pass on is right before that that jump ball where yeah. guys reaching over Gillespie, and that's a jump ball. There is some pictures were floating around Twitter of that the screenshot that. If you, if you didn't see them. And that's the call that I had the problem with. The other one, like I said, it happens fast, and I, you know, I give, give grace to that. But to, to the jump me, ball should have never been called that. Yeah, to me, the, the ref, like, the jump ball is a bad call. The reason I say it's a bad call is, like, you, you don't change the ending of a game on something you're not a 1,000% sure on there. Like, you're – because UConn already had the lead, so it's – like, you let, let the players decide the game. You, you step out of it a little bit there. No, no. Well, before we get today's slight reminder, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Subscribe or follow if you aren't yet. We appreciate those things, and they help us out greatly. Share with a friend if you know others in the game. Drop a comment on Twitter or YouTube. We love those and try to respond to as many as we can. Our game breakdowns. Uh, yesterday, I went a disappointing one, three and one. That puts me four, five and one on the week. Jake, you had a good night, three, one and one. That puts you six, three and one on the week. We're going to kick us off with an earlier start here for uh, the state of Texas, 6 p.m. local at Central Time, TCU at Texas. The model thinks that Texas should be a 10.5-point favorite, so it's a B-pick for me 
on Texas minus nine. I will note the model hasn't done well backing Texas this year, but most of those games have been on the road and at home they're a much better team. Texas Tech aside, right, who is just a really bad matchup for Texas. Um, TCU I don't think is a really bad matchup for Texas. And on top of that, I don't think TCU is that good. It's interesting, um, you know, maybe a month ago or so, there were aspirations of the Big 12 getting at least eight, maybe nine teams in the tournament. But since then, and, and it could have gone one or two ways, but since then we've really seen the top kind of rise up and the bottom kind of fall down and it become a clear separation as opposed to sometimes in years past, the Big 12's been, sure, the one's a little better than the two and the two's a little better than the three, and, and, and but those differences got really small and became hard to differentiate. But we're really seeing the top kind of rise and the bottom kind of fall down. TCU's in that bottom group, in my opinion. So I think Texas has no problem getting a nice, easy home victory here. Jake, what do you have for us? Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Um, this TCU team is of like a very bad copy of this Texas team. They are they're all defense, hardly any offense, and don't travel well. And Texas has an incredible defense. One of the top, I think they're top ten in, in almost every category there. And then at home, the offense comes around. TCU doesn't really have a matchup for Timmy Allen, who's playing out of his mind this year. And, but the key to the success of this Texas team is Marcus Carr. If he is playing and playing well, they are a much better team because it relieves Timmy Allen of doing some of the scoring and like gives somebody else to handle the ball and work, work, run the offense, let him play off the ball. And if, but if Marcus Carr isn't going tonight, like is it on his game tonight, it's, I still think Texas covers, but it's not near as close or not near as easy. Right, right. Same time slot, we've got Duke and Virginia. Duke is a five-point road favorite, four and a half, five, depending on the timing of this and where you're shopping around at. Model makes the total 130. It's a B pick for me on Duke minus five. The model thinks six and a half. Duke, to me, is an interesting case, though. The rare public team who actually tends to cover. A lot of times these public teams go kind of 50-50 at best, but Duke's been a really uh, underrated team, which is, again, almost impossible to say for the Blue Bloods of college basketball. I'm 5-2 and two on A and B picks backing the Blue Devils, and I'm 1-6 on A or B fades of them, which just goes to show how much they have covered. They have had a couple of times where they've really just laid an egg. I kind of see that here, Jake. I don't know what your take is, but my thought is Duke either just lays an egg and loses, or they go out and dominate. And I think at that point, I'd rather take Duke dominating because Duke's just a much better team. So we have to understand the possibility that that happens. They've laid a couple of those eggs, but for the most part, Duke is really good, and when they go out and play, they take care of business. They're a lot better than Virginia, so I think they can win pretty easily on the road. What's your opinion? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm totally on this Duke team. I, I think they're going to come out with a little bit of a vengeance here. And like I said before, the last time we were on, I believe it was Wake Forest, like they, they're still trying to find how how to like you know put step on somebody's throat, like finish it out. And I think they're going to they're going to have to start doing that. Otherwise, it's going to open up a world of hurt in the coming March. So I, th- I think Shire and Coach K are going to be preaching that, and I think they're going to be mad with what I, I'm losing at home, and I think they're going to come out. I don't think A.J. Griffin has a terrible shooting night like he did um, in the previous matchup. I think kid, like Kills playing and being actually fully healthy this time instead of coming, like still recovering from his injury, um, I think it will be a major difference and maybe get some help from like Joey Baker and Theo John this time around. But I – really think this Duke team is going to come out and win this 10 to 15. All right. All right. And then we move on to the later games 
onto another public team who hasn't covered quite as much in Kentucky. They are a seven and a half point home favorite. Earlier on, Kentucky was a little bit underrated based off of last year's just bonker season for them, very abnormal. And so Kentucky, uh, if you were backing them early on, you did pretty well. Since then, they've been about 500, though, so they haven't been quite as easy as a back as Duke has been. I know we disagree on this one. It's an A pick for me on LSU plus seven and a half. I feel like this is Indiana, Ohio State all over again. The number is about the same. What my model said is about the same. I'm taking the dog with about with about a touchdown here on an A pick. Jake, you're on the opposite side. Look, all I have to say about this is this: I'm trusting the numbers. I'm taking all those points with LSU. I think it's a good value pick, just like I thought Indiana was. But if LSU's up late, and if Kentucky ties it up and the game goes to overtime, and Kentucky covers in overtime, I'm walking straight into the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> Don't Google how far I live from the Gulf of Mexico. I'm walking from here to there into the Gulf, and I'm just, I'm just gone. There'll be, no, there'll be, you will never see me again if that same outcome happens. Right? If I lose, I lose. That's fine. I just don't want to lose that same way. Jake, why do you think that Kentucky could cover this number? Uh, I'm not as confident as I was with Ohio State. Um, this one, like. Because Kentucky, it's all about health, right? You've got Severe Wheeler and Ty Ty Washington, who are very, very, very important to this team. And with LSU being as great of a defense as they are, I just think one being at Rupp helps helps out. And then also, if those guys go, even if I know they probably won't be a hundred percent, but even having them on the floor, you still have to respect them, and it kind of stretches them out. And LSU's offense is just. Like, even with uh, Xavier Pinson going, like, it stabilizes it, but still not very good. They don't have any, like, knockdown shooters. And I just see, like, Grady or Mintz or somebody going on, a, like, a, like hitting two or three threes in a row and getting that crowd into it. And then I think LSU is a little bit mentally weak at times. And I think they'll, they'll uh, kind of lose it and it'll get stretched out to, like, 15 or so, and then they'll work it back. But I think it stays right around that eight to 10 mark. I, I think the interesting thing on this game is going to be, we, we know what we're getting mostly with Kentucky injuries aside. And we know what we're getting mostly with LSU's defense, you know, very good defense uh, should be able to at least frustrate Kentucky a little bit more than most teams can. What we don't know what we're getting from is as you talked about LSU's offense. And I think that's going to be the key to the game. How many stretches does LSU go? How many five minute stretches does LSU have two points? In? You yeah. know, if they have, two or three stretches like that, there's no way they cover this number. If they can avoid that and just at least consistently every once in a while get the ball in the hoop, which they sometimes struggle to do, they have a better chance of coverage. So I think that's going to be the difference in this one. Yeah, I mean, look, look I mean, Tennessee and LSU are very sim similarly defense. Look look at the home road split that Kentucky had with Tennessee. Beat them by 30 and put up 100 at, at Rupp. Gets beat by 20 and probably could have been worse if Tennessee, like, really pressed it at in Knoxville. So it's really kind of goes back and forth there. And so that's another reason I kind of lean Kentucky is the home like court is really big for them. All right. All right. We'll see how that one plays out. It can hopefully just not the same way that the Indiana Ohio state one. anything else <laughs> yeah, is fine. Right? Just, just, I just want to, I say that I, I say anything else is fine. And then it'll be some bonkers, you know, somebody either dunks or doesn't dunk with two seconds left. Yeah. And it goes, you know, from, from seven to nine or, or eight to six or something. Right? So uh, I, I just, I'm, I'm very nervous for this game just based off the way our week has gone with the crazy weird endings. It's, it's been a, it's been a wild one. Um, also at that same time slot though, we have Wyoming and Colorado state, a little bit of an under the radar game, but one that should be, be a lot of fun to watch um, two really good Mountain West teams 
Colorado State is a six and a half point favor, but I'm taking the over. I'm going over 144. The model thinks it should be actually a shade over 146. So I think there's a couple of points of value that usually leads to good things for us. Both offenses are very good about a full standard deviation above um, uh, above average with regards to efficiency. Both defenses are league average. Both go a little slow, but not a lot slow, right? I, I feel more confident in this where both teams want to kind of slow it down as opposed to a situation where one team really wants to slow it down and one team doesn't. There's a lot more variability there if one team does and one team doesn't because you don't really know who's going to control the pace, how the game will unfold. But neither one of these teams wants to drive the pace into the ground, which should help us. The offenses are just so dang good. I like this game to get closer to 150 points than 140. So I'm going to take the over here. Jake, my question for you, as always, can Colorado State cover and win this game by at least a touchdown? See, I, I'm actually on Wyoming for this. I, I I really like this Colorado State team. We've talked about it. Their offense is incredible. Like, right, and there's hardly a good matchup for Roddy, but they they've got one this time around with Ike in the middle and uh, Graham Ike in the middle and Hunter Maldonado. Like, he can match up size wise, height and speed and athletically with uh, Roddy. I'm not sure if they'll start off like that, but I bet towards the end of the game. That's the one-on-one matchup you're seeing to try to finish this one out because I think this will be a one-possession game either way. I think Wyoming has a decent chance to win um, just because their defense is slightly better. But what's wild is these two teams are very, very efficient offensively, but in completely different ways. Um, Colorado State is a jump-shooting team. They hit threes. They hit all sorts of jump shots, and they get them open, and everybody on the floor can shoot versus Wyoming is trying to get as close to the bucket as they can. And they've got the two guys to do it with Hunter, Hunter Maldonado and Gray Meikert. Just really tough combo to stop. And I think that's the difference is you've got Roddy for Colorado State and you've got those two guys for uh, Wyoming. And that's where I don't see it getting above seven. I, th- I think this whole game will be play- played within one to two possessions of each other. All right, Jake rarely takes dogs, so I, I don't know what that means, right? If that's uh, if that should give you a little more confidence backing them or not, but uh, I I do agree. If uh, if you have not seen Wyoming play, watching that duo of Ike and Maldonado is a lot of fun. Maldonado, um, you know, a, a big guy uh, for his position, and that makes him very unique um, and allows him to. Um, you know, like to get as close to the basket as possible with against smaller guards. And so they're, they're a lot of fun to watch for sure. So that's one to tune into, in my opinion. And that takes us to our Talk Me Out of segment. Jake, there's one big game we haven't not talked about tonight so far. That is Xavier at Providence. Jake, I'm asking you here to talk me out of Xavier getting two and a half points on the road at Providence. The model thinks that Providence should only be a point and a half favorite. However, the model is one in nine backing Xavier and one in nine, one in four should be fading Providence. Uh, but the Providence one, I think I can explain a little bit. You know, Providence wasn't thought to be very good. It took the numbers a little bit of time to catch up. One in nine on A or B picks of Xavier is really bad. I don't quite know what to make of that one. They've been kind of an all over the map team. Uh, Providence, one of their better players out tonight, might play, might be hurt. We don't really know. So why do you think that Providence can win? And not just that win by more than two, which matters because last night in this segment, Boise got the win, only did it by a point, a little bit of a heartbreak ending there for us. So why can Providence not only win, but win by more than two? I, I just don't think Xavier travels well. 
and their guards are not playing very well this year. They are having a very hard time like getting the ball to Nunji and Fremantle, who are their best players. Um, and like the last matchup, uh, I think uh, I down here. Providence won by uh, one by three at Xavier. So you'd think that would push it a, push a little farther since they're getting to come home. Um, and Nate Watson didn't didn't really play well. They they also um, they also held. Uh, I can't think of his name. Xavier's one of the Xavier's best guards scoreless and kept him really out of the game. Not uh, hardly involved. I think he only had he like went zero for five and then zero for one for the free throw line. So he, they really just handled him very well. Uh, so I think that you're going to see a repeat of that. I think Providence at home plus Providence absolutely needs this game to kind of stay ahead, keep staying ahead of Villanova for first place there. That because they know if they <laughs> let that go, first place go, um, it's going to be really tough to get through the tournament. The and they and they can. They control their own destiny there, which is yeah. wild to think about. Yeah, considering where everybody thought they were coming through. I, yeah. I know, I, th- I think they're still at the top of all the luck metrics, which is just kind of fun, fun to see. Like at, at a certain point, you're not lucky; you're just good. But, so, um, but it's kind of funny. Um, but yeah, I really think Providence gets it done at home. I just don't trust Xavier at all. Okay, um, I, I, I hadn't actually decided coming into this one. Uh, you know, I didn't even have a lean, right? A lot of times I'm kind of like, it's going to be hard to talk me out of it. It's going to be easy to talk me into it. This one I was very 50-50 on. I think I'm going to go with you on this one simply because the model has not done well with Xavier. And so I think that's the right side to be on. I think if the um, number had if, if the numbers had done better on Xavier, it's easier for me to trust the model there. We know the model can't go 100%. Um, so it's, it's not one of those things where I'm going to blindly always trust it. Looking at it here, the fact that it's done so bad on Xavier, you like Providence. Again, you've done pretty well in these spots. So I will ride with you on Providence tonight. But if Providence wins by one or two, all right, tomorrow's a different story, all right? Yeah, I'll, be, I'll be frustrated because I've lost – the two I've lost in this segment are combined one and a half points. The two, yes, yes, exactly, exactly. So uh, hopefully we can get that uh, – Bad luck out of the way there for that one. And that takes us to our overtime A plays. Uh, yesterday, three and one on these. That puts me three and three on the week. I'm still better about Texas Southern on Monday. I'll be better at that probably for a long time until we have another stupid loss like that. We got a good opportunity for another stupid loss right off the bat here. I've got an A pick on Grand Canyon minus 14 at Chicago State. Grand Canyon struggled on Saturday. Cure is playing Chicago State. That is always a fun matchup for anybody. I think they can go on the road and get an easy victory. They're a much, much better team than Chicago State is. Also at 7 p.m. Central, Houston minus eight at Tulane. I'm a little surprised the numbers have this as an A pick. They've been a little down on Houston after the injuries. Um, Tulane's been a surprisingly good team, but Houston got it rolling for us last time out. They have the ability, almost like we talked about the opposite of Duke, they have that ability to really step on your throat when they get out there ahead. They either they either don't do it and they lose, or they really do it. So I'm not really worried about laying a number like eight with that Houston team. I think uh, if they can be ahead, I think uh, they should roll to an icy, comfortable victory. And then I've got the A-plus play of the day for you all time, 14 and 12 on these. It's the late one, 11 p.m. Eastern, 10 p.m. Central, Washington State, minus eight versus Washington. Washington State has overperformed my numbers. Washington has been dead on my numbers. This should be a double-digit spread. I see Washington State having no problem with a pretty bad Washington team at home. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Washington State, I'm with you on all three of those. Washington State is a much better team in Washington, which really isn't hard to do. And then, you know, playing Chicago State, it's like scrimmaging against your JV squad. You know, it's a get-right get scenario. So they yeah. just they just don't have it. All right, Jake, give me your buzzer beaters. Yeah, I am for, for – I'm on Wake Forest. I think I'm very confused of the line, minus – like my only being minus two or, yeah, minus two over this Clemson team who's, who's struggling and, like, flame, uh, flailing around right now. And Wake Forest seems to kind of get it rolling. And Melondis Williams is a great player. Um I'm all over Davidson. Minus nine was wild to me. Um, I thought this would be up around 10, 12 range to the spread. It was like getting it under 10 makes me feel really good because that offense is just way too much for Duquesne to handle. And then I love this Iowa State team at home. And West Virginia struggles on the road. Iowa State's offense actually shows up at home, and their defense goes everywhere. So the defense is just incredible. I don't think – West Virginia kind of got beat up in the last game, and I think that's going to kind of continue that route. I really like that Davidson pick there you have. I also like the over in that game. Some people talked about this. If you are the type to do the team totals, I don't love team totals. They're, they usually have more juice. You're kind of really isolating down to only half of the game mattering, so there's more variability. So I don't love the team totals, but if that's your angle, a Davidson team total, team total over makes a lot of sense. I like the game over. I like Davidson just like you. And just like you mentioned, their offense is way too much for Duquesne. So I really like that pick specifically. And that'll get you to my my buzzer beaters. Only one and two yesterday, uh, two and three on the week, but up 1.9 units the last 11 days. So we've kind of got those at least trending the right direction. I'm going to throw out a couple of new segments for you here just to try to get more of my favorite picks and kind of try to find the right uh, balance between, obviously we've got some gimmicky fun names that I've had, you know, created, but not, you know, again, focusing on, on the things that I like the most. So I'm going to call this one the Favy Fave. All right, <laughs> my favorite, favorite of the day i've got at 6 p.m central boston university is a seven and a half point favorite versus lafayette boston won this game um, on the road by double digits they won by 19 earlier this year i don't think they'll win by 19 again but i see no reason why they can't win by double digits boston has been playing pretty well lately with the exception of uh playing colgate who everybody struggles against colgate i think they're a much better team than lafayette I'm going to bring back the Every Dog Has Its Day segment with a little bit of a twist. Rather than forcing myself to take the money line, I'm just going to point out my favorite underdog, basically. Uh, some of these will be closer to zero, so if you like the money line, you can take those. Uh, some of them will be bigger dogs. So just kind of – I'm just going to highlight one dog here in this segment. At 6 p.m. Central, UMBC is plus two at Harvard. I think the wrong team's favorite there. I think UMBC is the better team can go on the road and get the victory. But my best B-side, the best of all the B-sides that I've got, 14 and 11 all time in this segment. I've done it before. I'm going to go back to the well. 6 p.m. Central. Jacksonville is a five-point favorite versus North Florida. I'm a. I'm seven and one on A or B picks of Jacksonville. They've been going great for us. I like them to keep that up. The total of the day. I've got under 133 in the Seton Hall Butler game. That's at 8:30 Eastern, 7:30 Central. Both have been under my numbers. I have this at 130. Slow and boring basketball team. These have been under teams, and the numbers hasn't caught up yet. I like both these teams to try to grind this game into the ground, and those are my four buzzer beaters. Yeah, like you said, I like, I like the Boston play. I've, I'm trusting you on this. I'm running with it. I've not been able to get the right side of Lafayette yet this year, so I'm hoping I'm hoping we get it right this time. Um, Our, and UMBC is a good call. I'm, I'm with you there, and I don't think there's going to be hardly any points scored in the Butler-Seton Hall game. The way they play, the way Seton Hall's beat up and – Butler just disappears at times. 
All right. All right. Well, that's all we've got for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. Reminder, check out that Google Sheet for picks and totals on all of today's games not covered in this episode. If you haven't done so yet, click that subscribe button. We'll get you a new episode every weekday of the college basketball season. And we have that live Q&A episode on YouTube on Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central. We will see you tomorrow. Until then, remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.